How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're Audio here today on episode 359 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I've got a really kick-ass episode for you here today, as I try to every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I am chatting with Ben and Kyle Hanna from The Almighty Mountainhead, and we have just a stellar conversation talking about their recent show opening up for Nickelback talk about kind of their journey and their musical career. We also have a really fun and interesting conversation about the, their, the time they did DMT and other psychedelic drugs, which is something I've never really talked about on the show. So it was really fun to get to hear their experiences with it. Definitely a, a, a trip to say the least. And then we talk, of course, a little bit more about kind of their their journey, a little bit about the music industry in general with them releasing singles and things of that nature. A little bit about the musical style with some gear, favorite shows, things of that nature. We cover a lot of ground and it was a lot of fun getting to chat with those guys. So we're going to jump into that. But before we do, I want to take a quick second to thank everybody for their support on last week's episode of the show. A little harder show rewind action for you going all the way back to episode 186. Sleep paralysis sucks with my boy Kazdo Jones. Definitely a fun time. I really enjoy doing the harder show rewinds and people have said they really enjoyed it that particular rewind. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. We've got uh, three more episodes coming this year. 2022 has been a phenomenal year, but we're going to talk about all that because as you guys know, I'm going to hype it right now. We got the retrospective episode coming up. Uh, It'll be the last episode of the year with my boy Josh Cove from Soul Loading Podcast. So very much looking forward to that. In between there, I got some Christmas content coming. So look forward to that. I always enjoy doing the storytelling stuff at Christmas, so we're going to have some fun. Just like we're going to have some fun here today talking with Ben and Kyle from Mountainhead. Before we do, real quick, we're going to hear a word from the sponsors who are helping the Hotter Show grow. Let's check it out. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right, guys, we got Kyle and Ben Hanna from Mountainhead on the show. Boys, what's up? Good to see you. What's What's going on, DJ? We're just chilling in the studio right now and uh, having a nice chat with you. You guys have got quite the, uh, the folks at home can't see it, but describe real quick just the setup you guys have. Like you've got a nice vibey, cool setup over there in the studio. Yeah, we definitely, uh, well, it is getting around the holiday season. So we put up some, uh, some lights and we, you know, we found that some of these Christmas lights are rather psychedelic. So they're, they're pretty good to have going on <laughs> when you're just, uh, making some music. And Getting then the yeah, creative a bunch juices of, flowing. Bunch of instruments behind us, and uh, we've got jazz legends looking us to the left. You can't yeah, see them can't here. See them, but there's a bunch of jazz. Miles, Salonius, Coltrane, Rock the Duke. Right. Yeah. And Jimmy. then uh, NWA in the back frame. Of course, That's, that one's been a classic for a long time. Yep. So we got all the legends overlooking us. What we're doing when we're doing it, making yeah. sure we're doing our things right. Yeah. That's fantastic. If you if you can't have a vibey set up and have be overlooked by legends while you're writing <laughs> badass music, what's the point? Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. That's it, TJ. Exactly. Well, before we go any further, just real quick, obviously we got a lot of ground to cover. Speaking of legends and so forth, and yeah. recent shows and things of that nature, I just have to say, just before anything else, you guys have absolutely magnificent beards. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks, dude. You, you got a great one too. One too. Oh. Thank you. I uh, <laughs> I shaved it fairly recently, but uh, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed wow. about you guys. I was like, "Holy shit, these guys have an awesome look and the beards and the full." And then you once you hear the music, it's like, "Okay, this is cool. This is very." It's not. It's not what I expected to be honest. When I heard the music, I was like, "This is really cool and like kind of like electro rock pop kind of yeah vibe happening. A little psychedelic, maybe still some good riffs and stuff." I was like, "This is really cool." <laughs> dope man yeah thank appreciate you appreciate it it's definitely been a odd discovery for us <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it well we're definitely going to get into that but first you guys are just coming off of a pretty badass uh show that just happened uh as the folks are hearing this uh, i guess a cu- couple of weeks ago now yeah in which you opened for nickelback at their first show back in like i think it was like two years basically since the pandemic i think if I'm not yeah mistaken. for a while yeah yeah and it was the uh the album release party for get yes, rolling which just get came rolling. out yeah yeah as a it, huge nickelback fan i was like that's <laughs> that's it, pretty awesome how yeah, was that experience was, for you guys it was great and it it kind of came out of nowhere um we, yeah like we had just got like kind of funny enough too when you kind of look back at things that were going on like almost like foreshadowing because we were out at the end of September, we were out in BC working with Garth Richardson and uh, Dave Shipman, and Garth did the first Nickelback record. And uh, you know, we were talking about that at at a certain point. Um, we we're talking about a bunch of albums Garth made because he made a bunch of classics. But yeah. uh, I, I think it was maybe like two weeks after we got back from that recording trip that uh, our manager called us and our agents called us, and they're like, "Hey, do you guys want to?" open for this uh, small time uh, Canadian band Nickelback. <laughs> like, yeah. like just making that joke and we're like, uh, like yes. Uh, there's two yeah, so my dumbass would have been like, there's two. <laughs> 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 there's another Nickelback. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, so uh, that that was cool, and it, and it was cool too to find out that tons of bands have been submitted for the show, and uh, Ryan and Chad picked us to open. That's awesome. Which yeah, is really cool. Super dope, man. I could see them. I've I've been literally. I'm not even like. You know, I know some people are like. Oh yeah, I love Nickelback. No, like I actually like my first record I ever bought was The State by Nickelback. Nice. Like yeah. I'm literally lifelong huge Nickelback fan. Amazing. And I can totally see them being big fans of your guys' stuff. Just the the overall vibe that you guys have, the look, but then also just the kind of the meaning this in a positive way, like kind of like the pe- the pop sensibility of your guys' hooks and stuff like that. Like I can totally see them just going like, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shocked to hear that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was honestly, it was pretty crazy. Um, like when they played, it was kind of like, I mean, you know, they got so many hits, but there was like some of the deep, like some of the ones that I forgot were even Nickelback were coming out and you're like, whole, like it was just the fucking steamroller of hits all night long. <laughs> and people that like, you know, like some of our friends that I've never seen listen to Nickelback were fucking singing every word. Yeah, everybody like, knows the song. Every, everyone, everyone knows, knows every Nickelback so, song. Exactly. Like, come on. And it was funny. <laughs> like as soon as we got, uh, we got the gig, like I swear there was just like an endless flood of Nickelback tunes just going through my head the entire time. And I was like, just in my head, just like DJ Khaled, another one, <laughs> another, another one. one. <laughs> <laughs> so many good hits. And they were... I mean, they were super rad to us, super nice guys, and their crew was fucking amazing to us. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're like, if you need anything moved, like, fucking tell us. They're like, you, you know how many times we played a show opening and the fucking drummer's cymbals right up our back? So they're like, if stuff is in your way, just tell us, which is like, usually in the super opening comedy. slot, it, it's like, show up, shut the fuck up, and get the fuck out. But they were uh, much more accommodating than that. Especially for a band of, you know, Nickelback's yeah, caliber, exactly. especially being in Canada. Like, yeah. you'd understand, like you said, if they were a little, like, hey, man, just come up and play yeah. your set. But you you hear that about Nickelback and their crew, that they're very, they're yeah, pretty it was, cool. It was awesome. Yeah, it was funny. Ryan said, he's like, I caught your guys' uh, uh, sound check. Just had to make sure you guys didn't suck, you know? I, I he was, was like, I was on the line for getting here. <laughs> and I was like, to I make think sure you guys didn't suck. I think we were doing Ricola during soundcheck, just goofing definitely, around. There was we're definitely like, oh, some fuck, parts we were just of that. Around, man. <laughs> you're probably like, okay, these guys have a, these guys got it. Okay, yeah, you, you just, yeah. I think I they think know the lot, Ricola theme. Yeah, I think people are usually a little surprised to, um, if they've been listening to our records but never seen us live, that we're like a power trio live. There's no tracks. There's no synths. There's no anything like that. Yeah, just we're guitar, just, bass, uh, drums. And like, that's the funny thing is like all our music recorded is guitar based, but we get called, you know, synth pop all the time. But it's just like, we've just found these new ways to use the guitars and the bass that sound weird. And we're like, hey, turns out if you jack a fuzz pedal all the way up, it starts to sound like a synth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh, So it's been, it's been cool. And it's kind of been, uh, you know, we've been sort of uh, over the years now kind of leaning into the fact that like our live thing, like the rock and roll thing tends to be enjoyed more than when we get a little a little more electronic with you know programming drums and stuff on the records at times we do have live drummers but we're we're basically coming back to balance now with this like uh the rock and roll brigade and like the power trio live thing's been just so much fun that oh yeah the recording is starting to be more like that instead of just kyle and i tooling in the studio knowing which we found out in bc at garth's like yeah when the three of us were there Record. Yeah, that was the first time we had recorded with Kevin, who's our live drummer and always had, he was our drummer. Um, but prior, like our first album or first string of singles, we used Ian McKay, who's like a heavy session guy. 
because the band wasn't formed yet. And then after that, we used uh, hip hop drummer Datsun, which was just like an experiment. Dude but, on a pad was a monster on the pad. Looking at his fingers is strange. But it was cool just as the shows developed over the years with Kevin. It's just like we're all just playing telekinetic hockey up there. We can we, we can we can pass the puck without looking now. So to work with him in the studio this time yeah. around was so refreshing. Fucking awesome. That's really exciting to hear because I mean I the first song I heard was automatic and it's very oh, no very way. groovy and stuff, but it's like I'm listening and I'm like I'm hearing like, you know, like the synthy stuff, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think those are, <laughs> those are just, so it's cool to hear that you're, you're doing it all on bass and guitar and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's been a lot of fun. Like all of our songs are like that, you know, like backseat and gaslight are probably like our poppiest kind of sound, almost like EDM. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's funny too. We're like, it, we found out that like, depending on where you place things rhythmically, is where they start to sound like different instruments because you start to put an electric guitar in a spot that maybe an electric piano is usually in and it starts to sound like a synth which was which was odd uh for us to find out and just been like you know we kind of like had the joke like let's make club bangers with a les paul and a p bass <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote folks <laughs> yeah i like that that's good yeah or at least attempt to you know well, I think you guys have put it this way. After the first time I heard Backseat and Automatic and, and Circuit as well, I was I was actually in the car with my brother-in-law and I was showing him some of the stuff and like we were like walking someone. I was like, I was like, fuck, they got me. Okay. Yeah. Not in a bad way, obviously, but like, I was just like, okay, they got my head. All right. I got it. Like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Circuit Circuit 2 is that's one of my favorite songs that we've come up with. Yeah. And uh it's we always it's it seems like we always have these when we write in clusters of songs we always have these like there's like a, a few different styles that pop up and it's usually like a really heavy fuzz one like circuit a light one like let it out and then like a dancer like gaslight and we just wrote uh like a heavy like a nice heavy fuzz song just came out like three days ago and we finished it and we we're like fuck we were We've been wanting one of these for a while because you can't <laughs> you can't pick them. They come when they're yeah, ready, exactly. You know? Right, but when That's it shows up, you're like, finally, we needed that one. The weird Heavy buster. fuzz. Yeah, yeah. We, needed, we, need, we needed the sludger. The exactly. sludger. You don't want to get too. Uh, you don't want to get too uh, clean in there, but you know we're wearing black hats. We're not. Yeah. We're not wearing white hats. And I think people, like I was saying earlier, like when you see the look that you guys have, it's like you almost kind of assume. Yeah, maybe is it right or wrong? Who, who's to say? It? But it's like, sure. oh, these guys are going to play like dirty rock and roll and sludgy riffs and stuff. Yeah. And but it is cool to hear that you guys still you guys still have that in the riffs yeah. and stuff. But it's yeah. just like it's cool to hear that you're a little yeah. bit of a fuzzy <laughs> fuzzy yeah. song coming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And just yeah, we're just experimenting with the many faces of Mountainhead. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Well, to go back a bit here, I'd love to hear kind of where. This whole thing started and this journey started for you guys with Mountainhead, but then also even maybe a little further back with your guys' mus musical careers. Sure. Um, yeah, well, we, we, can, we can lead up to the Mountainhead uh, conundrum <laughs> through tale here. So basically how it all went down was uh, like I had been a musician my whole life and Kyle was, he went to university and got a finance degree. Yeah, I was in university for business as well for one year, but in my dorm, I had an eight track boss BR 900. So I could record right on there. 
and you could burn a CD on it, which was fucking awesome. So you could like cut a track, burn it, and they're like, I got an album. Uh, <laughs> and I found myself tooling around a lot on that instead of going to class and going to the gym a lot. I was really into the gym at that time. And boy, am I glad I got that out of the system then. But uh, <laughs> Notice how he said at that time. <laughs> yes, at that time. Um, but yeah, so I, I finished my first year of business school and I was kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? And like, even, even our grandma was like, Ben, like, I always thought you were going to do something with music. I thought you'd like, always why? do something with the guitar. Yeah, She's Scottish, like, so I, she sounds yeah. more like that. And I, like, I, I had definitely excelled at guitar and put a lot of time in it. And it was, you know, it was like the thing, you know, when you're a kid, like you kind of find that thing and that was the thing. And so like when you're getting that, that message from your grandma, who would usually be like business school, I was kind of <laughs> like, what the fuck? And so then I started researching um, recording schools because I was like, I want to know how to record and produce music. And like, I never really, at, at that point, we were, Kyle was just starting to play guitar and we were like kind of goofing around with songs and stuff, like starting to write. But at that point in time, I was like, I can record and produce bands. Like, I, I think that's, that would, that was my aim. So I went to Metalworks and, uh, after my first year of Metalworks, while I was still attending, Kyle and I started a studio, this one here. And, um, we started recording a bunch of bands. I started missing a lot of school again, but uh, they were cool enough to be like, because I, I, I would just go to the dean and be like, look, man, I'm not coming to recording Engineering 101 when a band's paying me to record their album at my house. Like, And he was like, I can't even argue with that. Just <laughs> just like give me, yeah. he's like, make sure, like give me, give me the stuff, give the coursework by any means necessary. You don't necessarily have to do it in the course. So like some of the albums we were making, I could like submit parts, like different right. things as projects, which was really cool of them. And like, could probably only have sense too at, at like a, a private college like that. But so over the time we started, you know, as we were recording on these bands, we started playing more and more and writing more and more. And then we started gigging and it just, that went on for a couple of years. And then we started to realize that like, our our efforts might be best spent on ourselves where you know we could get paid from bands but like it started to be kind of like a soul robbing experience because you know we would get we get a few really good projects that we were into but a lot of the stuff we were doing was like you know eagles uh eagles cover bands cover bands or whatever like people people that were like 58 retired and like they had like this hobby band and like sure they had the money to pay to for the studio time but like when you were where we're yearning to create and the stuff we were starting to turn out like even we had a, an artist we were recording and she was like why are you recording me like record that like that's better than anything i'm ever going to put out and we're like huh like because we weren't obviously not been there like oh this is the best so we formed a band um and we toured and like we did the whole thing put out some eps toured and um as that was going on, Kyle and I were also teching. You know, we toured with uh, Metric and Death Cab, um, Bahamas, Hoxley Workman, Mounties. Like we were going out um, and just you know backlining and teching, and and basically what we were doing was observing how these machines work, so we could start to build the machine. Um, Though that wasn't conscious at the time. We no, we it, the the thing that was conscious was we were gigging and we were like, we can do this. Especially some of the opening bands were like, give me the guitar right now. Uh, <laughs> why am I selling the merch? Give me the guitar. Um, and just through all that, so we, we were in this band. We had it going for a few years and we had an EP out. And 
a tour booked and right before the tour book the tour started the band fell apart like a couple people quit and we were like well fuck we can't just bail so we uh called this dude drew who uh is a just an insane drummer our friend was like get this guy in the band and we got him in the band and he was just he's an a- absolute lamplighter of like a, of animal from the muppets yeah you know? and <laughs> we started <laughs> and, and we went <laughs> yeah yeah and uh so we went a week before the tour we all we went to a cottage and we wrote a bunch of music we were like fuck it we're not even gonna play the music the tour is booked for and there was a lot of a lot of really cool jams in there there wasn't too many songs but like the way the three of us could play together was like it was out of hand so some shows would be you know we got six songs but the show was two hours and we were just indulging way too much and that we were really we were into, having a blast really uh, into the grateful dead and the almond brothers at the time so we were really jamming just two hours of jams yeah <laughs> and then so we got back from that tour and obviously we didn't feel the best about it because we we're like that wasn't like that was fun but it it didn't do anything it didn't you know it didn't do anything like that and we got a call from drew and maybe this was like the very end of the tour because we had we got a call from drew and he's like hey guys the main veins in town and drew's a cat that spends a lot of time in south america hanging out with indigenous tribes eating the plants that those guys eat and uh kyle and i have been known to enjoy eating plants and <laughs> other 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 things that uh you know change the consciousness so when we got a call that the main vein was in town we were ultimately intrigued about first okay. of all what does that mean <laughs> and second of all <laughs> what uh what ceremony is he hosting and so we agreed to do it and it was we said yes and it, the ceremony was the next day but that night we had to play the horseshoe and we were told no sex drugs or alcohol prior to the ceremony we're like cool that's fine but we were also probably the first time we've ever not gotten stoned or drank before a show turns out we we played great being sober on stage is a, a good thing we do that Who a lot more it? now yeah <laughs> um, and so so then we wake up the next day and we head down to the Danforth uh, to this to the host's place, and we we know now that we're doing a dimethyltryptamine ceremony, which is DMT, which is a, ah. a very very powerful psychedelic, <laughs> and it hits you like if if a meteor coming to Earth could crash directly into your forehead, that's how it hits. <laughs> um, so so we we get we get to this apartment, we knock on the door, and it's almost like we knock, and it kind of like drifts open and there's like a soft voice yeah a soft voice being like come in and uh we see this like you know this this young younger lady she's maybe she's a few years older than us at the time she's like yeah come in have a seat and uh she introduces herself and she's hosting the shamans she met the shamans at one of the places drew met them in south america and she's like these guys got some shit they need to tell some people so she's hosting them while they're in town spreading the news (laughs) <laughs> um As and were yeah and so we're just sitting there and obviously at this point anxiety is starting to just ramp up because you're just like what uh, the fuck okay. and so the door and we think we think we think drew and the shamans upstairs because there's like an upstairs and it's dark and quiet but then the front door opens and in comes the shaman and drew and drew looks like he's on the verge of tears but not from like happiness like he looks dead fucking terrified and he's also he's also a little dre- he's also okay. a little dressed up you know he's got a bunch of meditation stuff on and you know sometimes sometimes when you see people showing up to these things and all their equipment uh that can kind of be the bad trip in itself because the head's just going wild you're like what is happening yeah, yeah. and so we're like great 
And he and he goes, yeah, well, guys, there's just some things about myself I'm just gonna have to accept. And we're like, fuck. Okay. We're next. Yeah, okay. Right. This is gonna be. This may not be a good time. <laughs> yeah. So then the shaman sits down, and I I look to him. And I'm like, hey, we can go together. We we don't need to go separate. And he was like, just chill for a sec. And like this dude is like, he look his face looks like a jaguar. He's got longer hair than us, and this sick headband on, and like. Again, just like a, he he looked like a jaguar or like one of those like Aztec stone carvings, and you're like this motherfucker ain't playing, and this uh, is a real motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> you just look him in the face, you yeah. you know immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's you know just like, up. let's just sit here and just concentrate. And he just kind of puts on like meditation, meditative mind or whatever, uh, just kind of like a sound. And we just sit there for ten minutes, and he was adamant that we we're going to do it one by one. And then after that ten minutes, he goes, "Okay, both of you, let's go." And then, so we start walking and, uh, I have no idea where we're going. I'm like, what the fuck? Cause I'm like, this guy, he's, he's a Mayan shaman. Like he's from, from Mexico. And I'm like, I'm assuming he doesn't know his way around the Danforth in Toronto. And I sure, we, we don't know what the hell we're doing yeah. either. So. And so we're walking and we like, we come by this tree and there's three feathers and he's like, ah, the spirits are with us. Puts a feather in my hair, puts a feather in Kyle's hair, puts a feather in his hair. And then we come up to this dog park and I'm like, oh, great. This is looking like might be where this is going down. And we walk into this dog park and there's fucking people and dogs everywhere. And at the time we still had long hair and beards, probably wearing bandanas and we're with the shaman. So obviously the three of us are this walking button of like, what the fuck are these guys? Everyone's just yeah. <laughs> looking at you guys walking. Well, yeah. What are they up to? And why are these two white boys scared shitless? And who is this guy uh, escorting them? And so I'm sitting there being like, okay, there's got to be a place deep, dark in this park where, where he's going, where there's no one around. No, we take uh, 20 steps into this fucking park and he goes right up here. Right I'm here, like, right? And he's like, who's going first? And I was like, I'll go. Um, and he's, he's like, okay, sit at the base of this tree. And the funny thing is, is we were sitting at the base of a pine tree and the DMT and the pineal gland. This was all the shaman's doing here. He had all these all these metaphors working together here and so he puts this blanket over my head and he pulls up a little straight glass pipe which is like it's like an eyedropper with the dropper part removed so it basically looks like a crack pipe and he's like he's like pulling very slowly and he's like and when i tell you go and so i was just pulling in he's he lights it and pull it pulling it really slowly and like right away i'm like this tastes fucked up and uh and i'm starting to get like i'm starting to like like it's hitting it as you're hitting it it's hitting you and um so he goes do it and i go and he like pulled the he pulled the uh blanket from over my head and it kind of seemed like he turned into a raven and flew away like that's what it sounded like and then i just remember this really loud frequency building like And it kept going higher and higher. And I was getting really tense. Like, and then it just went. And I dropped my mouth hit like my, like my mouth was like, it just all the tension left the body at once. And, uh, you're gone. Like this, this reality eyes open or closed is not here anymore. Like you're in a sealed off container going through whatever the fuck it is that that is. And it's, the most astonishing thing you've ever seen, heard, felt, or been a part of. Like, it's absolutely astonishing. And 
the shaman was like, look, when you get in there, it's going to be beautiful. Look around, but like, we're here to work and pay attention. And uh, he kept saying, work, work, work. And it's kind of like, as you're getting pulled into the experience, because it can be overwhelming and kind of like put you down and he'd be like, get you to sit back up. And like, again, all this stuff is just kind of happening on its own. Um, but it just like, it, it was just such an insane experience. And it, it's almost, it's almost like, you're communicating, you can say you're communicating with God or the deepest part of nature or the universe, but you're really communicating with the deepest part of yourself. And it's like, it's almost like we did it. We've done it more recently um, for the first time since that experience. And like, we've been calling it grandma's attic this time around. Cause it's almost like you're going up to see the proverbial grandmother and she knows everything you've done. And she's just like, just like, Hey, check this stuff out. This is where you've been kind of being a bit of a fucker there, little Jimmy. And, uh, and you kind of just, you're like, okay, I, I, I won't be bad ever again. Cause you're just like, please just let me go back to earth now. If you, if you, can, <laughs> if you can even remember that earth exists. Cause like, let me tell you, as soon as that stuff hit my lungs, I didn't give a fuck that we were in a dog park, that there was people around or that Ben ever thought there was an idea of him existing ever, or that there was even an idea of earth existing. Like it, you transcend it. And like in three seconds and there's, it's no choice of your own. Like there's no choice in the matter of transcension. It's happening. And like, I remember at one point being like thinking about, uh, who I was with, like Kyle and the shaman or like who I've done at other times. And the space is literally like, it's not time to see your friends yet. Like we're going through this, whether you want to or not. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said on the way to the trip was like, when you get in there too, like the, the lower spirits are going to nip at you and the higher spirits will respect you. And I've always through past experience with psychedelics been like, there's no, there's no external entities. This is all the subconscious and archetypes. Like this is how the, the mind works in my understanding. And so I was like, I was very skeptical of what the spirits would be. And lo and behold, when I'm in the experience, the lesser spirits that were presenting themselves as these like distracting things were the words going on in my head, the English words trickling across, trying to distract me or be like, hey, you got this is getting out of control. You got to get like whatever it was. And the respectful entities or spirits, which again, were not external, were all the things I felt new. So all the stuff that like, all the solid things that like I was not shaken in in my heart was like the respectful reflection I was seeing. And like, keep in mind, all this is happening at, light speed like it's it's such a quick shake up like how what would happen when you reset a tamagotchi and it's like <laughs> it was literally like that <laughs> and you come back down you come back down and you're like did that even just happen you kind of just have a laugh you have to have a laugh i mean that's your only reaction especially to find out that you like had this whole life going on you're like oh yeah that's what, what i was up to. oh yeah i'm a person and yeah all that stuff. comes back and i mean start dying laughing it's the only reaction you can have after something like that yeah so then kyle went after me same how was thing, your experience same thing man like yeah, yeah. i i don't i wouldn't know what to say other than like oh what and watch but, watching him is like we went through the exact yeah, same exactly. things at the so exact same times it's it's like a similar thing it's it's a funny thing that we all kind of getting like similar things in this area and like the first thing that hit too like as i was inhaling the pipe was the strongest feeling of deja vu i've ever had like like literally it's hitting me and I, and I was like oh i dreamt about this last night and then i was like oh no this is the only dream there ever was 
And then I was like, oh. And then, because it's so oddly familiar. Yeah. It's so weird. And it's like, it seems, you know, he was calling it like the gates. Like it's, it seems like the, the waiting, like not the waiting room, like the space where either you are before you're born or where you die. Like it's so strange. And it's the most immensely beautiful geometric things and colors you've never seen before and sounds and weird shit happening that you could never consider. But the, the other thing that happened was this dog ran up to us when we were done, licked all three of us in the face and ran off. And he's like, this is a good sign. And then he explained to us why he does the whole thing in, in the dog park. And he's going on about like, you know, dogs are like the, the protectors of the realm. Like the, these are the, like the grounded beings here. And he's like, I do it here because I can watch what the dogs are doing in the park and understand specifically what the person is going through in the trip. And we were like, holy fuck. And then so he drew a drew a, a literal line in the sand. And he was like, forget everything that's happened in your life up until this point. You guys know what you have to do. Now go do it. And it was kind of like in the, in the memory now, it's not this like we weren't actually dressed like this. But as I as I think about it now, it's like when we were walking out of there, we were wearing this, you know. If I remember it now, it seems like that because we, we realized then and there what we had always known, which was like, yo, stop, stop handing it off to other people. Because if we're in bands with three other people that, that aren't working as hard as we are and aren't showing up to rehearsal or aren't writing, and then we're writing and rehearsing and we start to take a more charged position in that band, people start to get pissed off. And it started, you know, it started diluting it where it's like, you know, we, we live together we we, we create all the time whenever whenever we can whenever we want to because like it's not like we gotta oh we gotta wait for the drummer we gotta wait for the this the key you gotta wait for all these people to get together and then to to say yes to a gig is yeah you want to do this gig cool it's not like going through all these (laughs) channels so we realized we were just watering ourselves down by always putting more people between us and not to say we're against collaboration but it just when it comes to writing and creating like kyle and i have this thing that really works for our, ourselves and it worked in other bands it just you know you get caught in doing other things with other people and it's just it just was like it's time guys you know it you know it just do it and we just kind of left there being like man hit <laughs> not actually but that was like the, the <laughs> right away it was yeah, just yeah, like oh yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, our immediately uh <laughs> but it was just like the emblazoned thing to be like go off on your own and be okay with that and so that's, now th- you can't mitigate your responsibility to anyone right. and you can't that's make excuses. Thing. You're responsible for You this. have to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. And also heavy. Like yeah, that's, there's exactly. a lot of stuff in there. Like this is this is probably the closest to a Joe Rogan conversation I've ever had and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but not, you guys ever done do them too. Yeah. But like <laughs> it's, it's funny because just to talking about like the dog park thing, I was curious about why he would take you guys to a dog park, but that makes yeah, sense no because like as a as a animal lover my like even if i if i even remotely show any kind of emotion like i have a i've got a, got a pit bull and they're known for being very emotional animals right yeah yeah if i even like most dogs but her especially like if i even remotely sh- my voice changes a little bit or same with my wife anything like that she's right at us like all up in our grill trying to and yeah. I'm always like, she's literally just trying to give us that energy. And like, so yeah. that's, that's interesting to hear. But um, one, yeah, one it was thing, trippy. you were talking about the, uh, is it, am I, am I correct in saying that uh, DMT is, it's been linked to like near death experiences as well? Like For it's sure. kind of a similar. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so in, it's in everything. 
It's, it's everyone's the, packing, you know? Yeah, everyone's yeah. packing. It's The body creates it. They don't know where yet. They think it's in the lungs or the spinal fluid. And it's in, like, the blades of grass on your front lawn. Like, it's it's in everything. And they're almost, like, they're starting to think that DMT is what's regulating this reality. And, like, it's what's regulating everything. And I have no idea, but it's it makes sense that when you smoke it, you get flooded. And it's like, no more regulation. Here's... You wanted to see the fucking pixels for what they are. Here they are. It's not the, uh, the back end. This goes. physical Yeah, world. here's like the real world. Here's yeah. Yeah. Here's the programming language. Or the of where, the other of programming what, language of where you embody, and it's it's a fucking trip, man. And like I said, we smoked it the Saturday before that Nickelback show for the first time in five years since we had, and it was a completely different experience, but very similar. And the first thing again was like, oh yeah, here we go. Cause and like recognizing the space, being like, yeah. you forgot. Yeah, and it kind of laughs at you being like, you were really caught up, weren't you, buddy? <laughs> and it's literally like that. It's like, ha ha. Like, it's kind, kind of, of like, joke, like a jester. Kind of, yeah. And, but again, it's like the other side of it is like, you're, you're going to see your grandma and you're kind of disturbing her work. And she, what she's doing is knitting the scarf of infinity. And she doesn't necessarily want to be disturbed, but she'll pay you time. And, uh, I, like there's a lot of crazy stories out there that are akin to ours. And there's a lot of crazy ones that are more like into like people seeing actual things. And I kind of think it's like, cause the other thing the shaman said was like, yo, set an intention when you're using anything. And what I really think he meant is like, live your life intentionally so that you're so there. You remember life. what you're doing. Like, but when you, cause like the specific, the, I asked for, or I intended on something more specific this time around and I got it. So I was like, this seems like, perhaps whatever you intend it's going to show you clearly and the funny thing was this time around mirror. was like yeah it's, it literally is a magic mirror like i asked for for obstacles be cleared and it turns out that they were all in my body tension being carried i got like literally a chiropractic adjustment from the universe like it was like okay we're going to do this two more times and it would like contort my body and then just move and go and just you like audible cracks and being like when they cracked you like oh my god yes like you breathe in and air touches a part of your body it hasn't touched since you maybe forever and it was mucho bizarro again it seems like quite a quite an experience as someone who aside from you know edibles and stuff like that i've never oh these are the edibles yeah. are the scariest shit edibles on will planet. pin you down to the fucking ground with like the scorpion stinger right at your forehead. Uh, yeah see i've been i've had pretty good experiences myself like i i just it just kind of mellows me out because i'm yeah. always oh, yeah, yeah, like, all yeah, the yeah, time yeah, exactly, but like yeah. so it kind of just yeah brings me down slows which the is engine nice, down but yeah my 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 issue would be was I, I i'm very much in belief that you put out into the universe what you want to get back right and it yeah. seems like that's kind of the same vein it's like yeah if you go into something like i want to see some shit yeah you're gonna you're see, going some, see shit. some shit yeah, yeah. Be careful anyone, what you wish for yeah anyone i've spoken to who has you know our, our regular uses of psychedelics or things of that nature like they're like if you go into any kind of a session like that wanting to just see freaky shit it's like you see freaky shit, but especially with DMT, I can only imagine what you'd be. <laughs> the DMT thing is just like you you have there's some experiences like mushrooms is kind of like this too. Like mushrooms and DMT are pretty similar. Like LSD, you can kind of like guide it around a bit where where mushrooms and DMT especially is like, sit down, motherfucker. I'm taking you where you need to go, not where you want to go. And it's it it you're like 
can I just can I just, just touch the wheel? They're like, no, stop it. You're you need to see this. You're just and, in the passenger seat of this yeah. journey, and yeah. no choice. And the driver is a you, maniac. You have to be okay with it. Yeah, and then it's like we're gonna you're, run every red light. We're yeah, gonna exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Speed limit is a suggestion. Yeah. yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> Where we're going, there are no roads. Yeah. Literally. literally. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So when when you guys, you know, like you said, walked out of the dog park, you remembering yeah. like you're in this getup, was that pretty much instantly when it was like, here's exactly what we're doing, here's the vibe of what we're going for kind of how did that transition into what Mountainhead is now? No, nah, it wasn't exactly immediately, man. It, these like fell into place as we walked the path of the mystery. And, but it was just like, again, the Mountainhead and our, our confidence in going that direction was the start of the path. Like the map started revealing itself as it went along. Yeah. We, we just kind of, this fell together. We're like, okay, black and gold. This isn't confusing. There's two colors. We're going to stay on that. Simple. Our guitars are that. Okay, cool. And then again, just these denim things showed up. The hats showed up. We were joking about like we had this song called "Make a Monday," and it sounded like we were robbing a bank, kind of. Haha. And we we're like, "What if we had gold teeth?" And then the next show, so a guy side stage <laughs> smiles at us. He's got a full set of gold teeth, and we're like, "What the fuck?" Okay, we got to go ask him. We got to go talk to this guy. Yeah, the grills was like the line where we're like, "This is either brilliant or the stupidest thing we're ever gonna do." And like that really peaked when we were at the gold exchange with the fucking <laughs> mouth, with, with the mouth. molds in our mouth. But it turned out to be awesome. And they're actually great on stage because uh, you don't chip your tooth. <laughs> it, you don't hit the microphone. If you hit the hard. mic a little too hard. But yeah, it, it, like Kyle said, it kind of pieced itself together as we were going. It's like as you start to cut this path, there's like little pieces of candy or whatever you want to call it. Ooh, a piece of candy piece on the ground. <laughs> being like, to make that joke. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah. And it, it, it's like kind of like, yo, check it out. Like, keep going. And yeah. it kind of, you know, that stuff seems to always show up whenever the... Uh, when you're following the mystery, man. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it, it's experience like DMT, it doesn't have to be like this, but it was so insane that you're like, well, what is anything else? Like, I don't know. This is the big mystery. And you yeah. just kind of get into that groove of with like, I'm on the adventure. Let's see what happens. When the funny thing is, is like the mystery is my story. History is his story. So silly, but you true. But it's, it's, it's the, it, we've found over the years, the more and more we lean into our thing, our, ourselves, our originality, the more everything just comes together, which is, it's like so cliche, but it's so true. Cause it's like, you're the only you, like it, it is actually true. Yeah. And so the more you trust yourself, like it actually is the more the, the universe seems to clear the, the path because you're not doing things with, with ill intent. You're not, and ill intent doesn't mean it's bad. It just, you can be doing things because you don't know how else to do them. So you're doing them how someone else did it. Again, his story. And you think that that's what you have to do where it's like, no, no, this, this billion year old computer that you have that's uniquely programmed to you is, can lead you to whatever it is you need to do. And it's in there. You just have to trust it. And the more you trust it, the more you gain confidence with it, the more it grows. You're sitting in the GPS, man. Or so it seems, you know, yeah. like it, it, there, I couldn't track down hard data, but I got some, I've got some evidence compiling that this seems to be the case. I think a lot of people who have success in life and things of that nature will say very similar things. It's like, I started finding success when I just started 
putting that trust in myself that I know what I'm doing and start believing in the process. And Hey, if I put this out into the world, Hey, if I, I think this is the right way to go. I feel this in my heart. So this yeah. it has to be, I don't want to be the next whoever the hell, yeah. you know, I want to be the first me or, or yeah. whatever yeah. That, that saying is. <laughs> yeah. It's a, the, every, everyone else is taken or whatever it is. Like, it, yes. Yeah. yeah and, that's and, what I was trying to get at. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking true. And it's, there's a sacrifice to doing it. Like there's some real sacrifices to doing it, but you have to go through it. You, like you're going to be alienated all of a sudden because you're not fitting in. It's like all this stuff. You can go through it, through your head, through all these things. So there's a real sacrifice from doing it. It's not just like, oh, I'll just be me now. And like you have to show up and do the yeah. stuff. Like you have to do find out what it is. You have to apply do the, this. You have to do the work, which, you know, it took us a long time to, to be able to like self-discipline and not, you know, to really set up our day so that we yeah. weren't just aimless or not doing anything. Like that's, the, that's the, the big struggle too, is just like disciplining yourself to do it. And uh, it, again, it just, it's just a compound thing. As it starts to show up, it becomes easier. Everything starts to move. Everything starts to, starts get to, momentum. to go. And then you start to get like maybe almost greedy with your time. Where you're like, I'm not doing, I don't want to do anything other than this. And then eventually, like, okay, I should go say hi to some friends and stuff like this. I'm, I'm getting pretty weird. <laughs> That's the, the, yeah, the struggle of any creative. I mean, I've been there. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm just going to keep, when you start having success exactly. with something, you start having, you have a really, really good night or something like that. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, I guess I should go. I got to go do the dishes. Like, oh, yeah. I'll do, try to record this track one more time or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it's a blast, man. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's what's so fun about the journey. And that's, exactly. that's all just, I could probably have a full conversation with you guys just about your experience with the psychedelics and DMT. No, sounds, but that's, no man. That's fascinating, lot. that whole journey. So to go back to talk about music a little bit here, um, mm -hmm. yeah. you guys went the route at first with kind of doing the single thing. Yep. And yes. then you did release, obviously, the EP uh, Backseat. Yep. I'm, I'm always curious to ask people this. Was that like a conscious choice to just kind of do the singles and then the EP or is it that it just kind of happened naturally? Because I know the industry is going that way a lot right now where it's almost like bands are just releasing singles instead of full albums. Do you kind of, yeah. are you for that or is it just? Yeah, I mean, we, we did that initially and I think we're going to do it again because it's, it's just what's being demanded from the system right now. And like, you know, we found when we were releasing singles consistently, Spotify tends to toss you up a little more. And when we started to slow down, it's not the same. And like, don't get me wrong, Spotify Canada has supported us immensely. But uh, to really pop that machine, it seems like you got to constantly feed it. And in total honesty, like we released that EP, um, it was going to be released all as singles. But we, when Let It Out started charting in Canada, we had, um, we were eligible for factor funding for it. And then it just so happens that the fact, like the factor had all this <laughs> bullshit into why, like what we had to do to get the money. And we kind of, this is, this is kind of like back to pre DMT thing. We kind of betrayed ourselves a little bit. Um, not like, again, I love the EP. There's a lot of great tracks on it. A couple songs got on radio. Awesome. Love all the songs. We did want to release them all as singles, but the factor money was something that we, uh, was helpful for us to, to, to market things. It just so happened that the way they do things was, was very different to how we do things. And we kind of had to like fit into this box. We really didn't want to fit into. And it kind of, again, I'm not, I'm not bashing factor at all. It's a great thing. It helps a lot of, a lot of artists, but it just, 
it just wasn't the right choice for us at the time. No. Um, we learned the hard way. We learned the hard way. But again, love that EP. And I'm glad we did it. Um, it's just a, another lesson in like we we can't do something because of pieces of paper are telling us we have to. And and again, much love to Factor for the support. But it was it was a pretty big headache, to be honest, for us. Um, right for some people, but maybe not for you guys in your yeah, process. Yeah. yeah and yeah. just like I mean, now we know that. So yeah, that's that's nice. And and the thing with the singles now is it's just like you can release a, a record and unless you have a, a big audience, it's just gonna fall along the shuffle where if you release singles, like each song can kind of get its time to shine. And like it's kind of odd because like we record them as records. Like, you know, we you're like we saw your head, your own ocean, soul stain, gaslight, circuit, make it Monday and say no more those were all recorded and done as like that. To me, that's the first album uh, because of how we recorded it. It's just, we released it a little differently in the, the modern age. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we're going to do more singles. I would, we will do an album at some point. It's just getting, getting the fan base to the size where one can be consumed is, is going to be something we have to work on. And I think what we'll likely do for physical copies is like, start to press all the singles onto onto you know a volume one lp or whatever that almost seems to be the way to go right is doing it like almost like a mixtape type thing or exactly whatever, you know? yeah exactly that it is it's always changing i have no idea what's going to happen in the future because right now it's basically like tiktok or bust um, yeah seems to be the thing and there's some great things on tiktok and there's some cool things about it but it gets um it's not tiresome. It's just sometimes, you know, sometimes we find ourselves doing things that have nothing to do with what, what, what we are doing with our lives. And yeah. it's just like, it can be that thing where it's like, where I was saying that ill intent and not that it's ill intended, but it's like making some silly fucking videos, not exactly what I want to be doing right now. And sometimes it is. And when that, when that strikes and we make content, it's a lot of fun. It's fun. But when it becomes like, we got to make content because uh, they're saying that uh, the statistics wise, it's like, it just gets so muddled up. And then you wonder what it is the fuck you're doing. Like, are we here to make music or are we supposed to be clowns on a, a social media app? Which, which one is it? Yeah, I can. I, th I think it was, uh, I think it was Ed Sheeran, if I'm not mistaken. He like went on this rant, an open letter where he was like, I'm sick and tired of the record label telling even people of you know his know. level for God's sakes. Hey, you TikTok, need to make TikTok content. He's like, why? Yeah, why am I doing two hours of TikTok content every day? He's yeah. like, what am I doing? What are we doing? Like, this is not even. There are artists. I got people. I, I talk with artists all the time, obviously, and like we have this conversation where it's like, yeah, TikTok is great, and hey, I've discovered some music off Instagram Reels and TikTok and stuff, which is for awesome. Sure, sure. But Same. the average person who's on TikTok, they aren't going to search out those songs all the time. They might. Yeah. Or they might hear it on the radio and go, oh, that's a song from TikTok. Yeah, oh, there's more exactly. of it? Oh. I almost find that, <clears throat> excuse me, I almost find that hurts artists more in some ways from what I've seen anyway. Like, I work in the education industry and, like, what I see people who are younger, not necessarily kids, but, like, university students and stuff, mm -hmm. I see it firsthand where they'll talk about Oh yeah, what, what's uh, what's what's that song by that? Uh, I was that it was in that one video. Yeah, and then they'll find like, oh yeah, that's that song. Who who who's the artist? Oh, I don't know. 
It's yeah, like, it's like there's no inquiry. Yeah, it's just like I get that. Yeah, it gets out to billions of people, but it's like, is it really at the core actually helping the artists? Unless you're going to be basically a full time TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Man, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. in in some cases, I think it really has. Like, there are the critical masses. Like, there's this dude talk who's been getting pretty popular, and he had something go off on TikTok, and like. I've seen, I've seen his, like, it seems like his career is going great and the, the music's good and that's cool. Like, it's cool to see that. Happen awesome to for, see that for sure. For yeah. someone who's crushing it, but with the TikTok thing, but it is like, it, it, it is as a whole becomes a misguiding thing. And as our whole culture starts to aim for attention over what it is that they actually set out to do, it's going to get troublesome, especially when it hits sectors of like, surgeons and doctors and pilots and like it, it becomes this thing where it's like we're no longer it seems like we're no longer practicing what it is to actually do the thing it's like just read the book and it's like don't apply any of it to yourself or go out and learn it just read the book and it's like so like what happens when we're all reading a book but we we don't know how to walk like you know what i'm saying it, it, yeah it, it's a little bit weird like that and again i'm i'm not bagging tiktok i do have fun making those videos sometimes with kyle absolutely yeah sure it's just again is like our record labels i understand they're in the business of attention but all right do you want do you want artists to sustain or are we just going to pump and dump everything into into oblivion because it kind of seems like we're going to pump and dump everything into oblivion that's yeah that's more i think my point is just (laughs) i see i'll hear a great artist or a great song or something on tiktok and then it's like hey whatever happened to that person who had that one yeah huge song and then there's either there's no follow-up or the follow-up didn't do quite as good so it's like ah this person's even though it could have done you know a few million streams well didn't do yeah like the first song did oh this person's a one i heard someone say uh who's like who's the guy who does the uh old town oh a little little Nas. Nas. oh he's a one-hit wonder i was like what like yeah i was like bro what are you talking about but like i mean i can't personally name another one of the tracks but it's true i know they were still huge it was just that song was so big that it just that's maybe a bad shadow of all time i think it's a great example yeah because people do say that and you're like yeah well i can sing every word to about five of his songs and to your point i don't even know the name of the song but i know the fucking words but you know know. (laughs) i know that yeah the whole well, Nas X is sick, man. Yeah, he he did some cool things, and I think well, he just memed his way to the top. It seemed, and it worked. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like a disruptive technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like it <laughs> because we need more of that. Yeah, yeah, we need people to just go for it and just do whatever they want, and not worry about. Yeah, it. we're in the information like the age, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. We're too concerned with attention and all this shit, and like people are too concerned about if someone else will like it if they can like it again going into the history over mystery thing it's like everyone is like i want to fit in i need i need four people to say this is cool before i go out on a whim and say i like it it's like that again the classic nickelback meme you play nickelback loser prison gates won't open like like he's making fun of his neighbor and then he's singing all the words where's all this hate coming from these guys sold 50 million albums and the haters are singing like the haters are the best PR team on the planet. Absolutely. That's yeah, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of that like late 90s 2000s, 2000s era of like kind of like rock and hard rock and metal yeah. and stuff. So like people and I'm also a big new metal fan, so like I get it all the time. It's like, "Oh, yeah. you look." But then you put on the song and they're sitting there 
Yeah. I'm a huge Godsmack fan. Everyone shits on Godsmack, oh, yeah. but then you put Godsmack on. Yeah. And they're sitting there. I'm I know like, every single word. Dude, I'm like, come on. Yeah. I remember having to convince my parents to let me get the Awake album because it had a parental advisory on it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually my favorite Godsmack record. So that's it's awesome. a good one. It is a good one. <laughs> I had that one as, as a wee lad. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I, well, so. Just as we on that topic, what was the first record you guys each bought? I'm curious. Oh, that's a good one, man. Shit, like I, a few are coming up, but I don't think they're the first. But I got like Dookie or Corn. Nice. The self the the self titled Corn. I think so. Or sorry, not self titled. Follow the leader. Follow Follow the leader. leader. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Is this the Uh, first one? And I think the first the first one I remember getting. Um, I got two CDs when I, I think I was in junior kindergarten. I got Clumsy and the Wallflower CD. Oh yeah, nice. And like I didn't buy them, but they were like the first CDs that I got. I got given, and I was like obsessed with it. The first one I might have bought. Uh, I don't know. It was probably Guns and Roses. I got obsessed with Guns and Roses when I was a little kid, so it was probably one of those ones. My teachers. I remember my teachers at parental interviews being like, "What's with this kid in Guns and Roses?" <laughs> <laughs> You only listen to the spaghetti incident like yeah, on repeat. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. That's their shittiest record. Yeah. <laughs> oh what, god, that's what awesome. about you, man? What do you what was your first one? So the first one that I was given was yeah. uh Nickelback Silver Side Up. Yeah. Oh, it was. Okay, um, okay. But the first one I bought, well, no, hang on a second. I'm remembering this wrong. Sorry. Yeah, because I, I got Silver Side Up for a birthday, but before that. I got given some money as an early birthday present and I was like, I want to go buy a Nickelback record. Cause like oh. literally they were my first band. Like yeah. that's it fucking was awesome. like, you listen to your parents' music and stuff. And I had yeah. a really good upbringing of same, Black same. Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Good music. Bunch of good stuff. But I heard how you remind me on MTV and I was like, this is, Oh my God, this is great. But I was still pretty young. So I didn't really yeah. understand what a record was. Yeah. So True. I went to the store and it was like, Nickelback. Okay. And I go and first Nickelback album I see, I grabbed it and I ran out and I was all excited. And then we put it on, but it didn't have how you remind me on it. And I remember <laughs> being a little upset, but then I started listening to the record and I was like, this is Nickelback. This is because it was the state. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. their second record. Right. And okay. I was like, this is fuck. So then I went back and got, uh, yeah, I got that. Then Silver Side Up. I got Curb shortly after as well which most people don't even know that record exists. So I love that. And then just it. Nickelback was the only band I listened to basically for like four years. Amazing. I'm like not even being funny. Fucking right. Fucking right. I mean, they, I, they got jams. They got jams yeah. and, they, and they got good riffs. Yeah. I g- genuinely, like if you, if you hear some of the stuff like on even like, uh, like Silver Side Up and The Long Road. Like if you hear some of those riffs as a rock guitar player and aren't like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> if you hear Where Do I Hide and don't just think that's awesome, like, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't to know tell what to tell you, you dude. Like, yeah. it's, uh, I don't Straight know. Or you hear Animals and don't think it's awesome. Like, come on, yeah. man. It's just good old fashioned rock and roll. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the new the new record's really fun too. I I actually really like it. Yeah, yeah. I, my favorite song was uh, "Tidal Wave," which is nice. funny because it's like the indie rock song. So it's like obviously yeah. I'm going right there. But uh, at the show at the end of it, we uh, ran into Chris Baseford who produced the album. 
and he was just chatting with us. Uh, he was asking us how we like Garth and, you know, told us he dug the sound. And I was like, man, I got to tell you, like when I heard San Quentin, I was like, how the fuck did they get the guitars that loud and in your fucking face? And he was like, that's what we we're aiming for. I'm like, no, I want to know. No, <laughs> tell me the secret. Me yeah. now. You're like, I need to know this, dude. Um, which was like, cause I was like, I've never heard guitars that loud in a mix and like yeah. still sit in the mix. Yeah. It sounds sick. And you know what it is? It's an amp this big. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can remember I was watching a live video of another one of my favorite bands, Three Days Grace, uh, recording. Yeah, we just saw them actually. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. In um, Oshawa. Yeah, I, I missed that song. I was really upset. I was really, I'm a huge uh, Barry Stock mark. I literally, his beard company, I literally. Uh, oh, dope. Yeah. Did a little oh, bit of work with them for a while. Um, cool. And I was watching a video of them recording something and like Barry's tone was just like insane. And I was like, and he was playing a, a Les Paul Jr., like the single pickup P90 yeah. Les Paul Jr. And I was like, how the fuck? So I, I messaged Joe's his name, the guy who runs Mean Beard and works with Barry. And I was like, yo, can you ask Barry a question for me? Because I don't want to directly message him because I feel like that's weird. I'm like, I just need to know. And he literally was like, yeah, it's an amp this big. Like, yeah. I can't remember the name oh, of the seriously? amp, but it was like yeah. this little custom amp. Oh, it's like oh, yeah. little guy, that guitar. Yeah. Mike yeah, properly, like those, yeah. those P90s, <laughs> P90 pickups will just rip your fucking head yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Especially on the bridge there. And that's that's rad. Yeah, we saw them in Oshawa because uh we have the our manager also manages the standstills and Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, right on. And, and the standstills were opening and uh they have a new track out featuring Jesse Hughes from Eagles of Death Metal. So they flew him out to do a video. And uh so yeah, we just went and kicked it, caught three days grace, kicked it with Jesse for a little bit. And uh, went went around in his hurricane for a moment because he's a he's an interesting fella. And then we just came <laughs> on home. But uh, yeah, it was the first time we've we've seen Three Days Grace. And uh, Barry was playing an Ibanez Destroyer, which is yeah. uh, my uncle played that, and he was uh, or he, he still plays that. But he was like a big influence getting me to play. So as soon as I see an Ibanez Destroyer out in the wild, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And his are all like the 80s lawsuit era ones too, yeah. right? So yeah. I think he might have a couple new ones in rotation, but yeah, yeah, he loves yeah, I think all that uh, 80s same, lawsuit stuff. Same with that. Our uh, our uncle's is a, a lawsuit one. Nice. Shout out to Heavy Metal Polly. Yeah, shout out to Heavy Metal Polly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, just uh, real quick on that on that note, what do you guys, uh, what's, what's the live gear like right now? I always like to ask that. Oh. I got, say, uh, a Les Paul Custom. A, a black beauty uh double humbucker and then i i switch up the amps a lot like sometimes we go ampless and we use a manly tnt on stage which is super high-end preamp um which it sounds fucking incredible it's just uh until we get proper in-ears it's a little it's a little tough to use it live because if you leave your monitors now all of a sudden you're blind but if i'm not using that i'll use the vox ac30 and then if I'm feeling really spicy and maybe a little bit of a troll, oh, I'll bring a, a Marshall MG30 DFX, which is like a $200 piece of shit Marshall practice amp. But that, I just, that makes me laugh because I used to work at a music store and I used to yeah. sell tons of those. Yeah. So I just, that just makes me I, I don't know what it is, man, but it takes my pedals so well. It and does. I've like yeah. gotten insane tone out of it. And people are like, what the fuck are you using? Oh, and then I show them shit. and they're like, what? They're and not people, bad amps for, know. you know, they, know. Take, they, they take pedals really well. Yeah, like there's been a couple of shows too where someone's like, can we, uh, can we share an amp? I go, yeah, this is what I brought. <laughs> and then you just see them wheeling their stack in. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah. And then like the main thing on my pedal board, I've got like a, one of the good vintage rats and uh, what else? Shallow water. Shallow water by uh, Fairfield circuitry. Unpleasant surprise flies. And then uh, a space, space echo. echo. And that's about it. The pedal board's pretty simple. A new addition was uh game changer audio um, oh, yeah. was at our show in LA and they uh, sent me one of the, their Bigsby pedals. And Ooh. so it's like literally like a Bigsby pedal on their foot, but it, and it's a pitch bender. And I was kind of like, ah, I'm, this thing will be okay. And then uh, all of a sudden we're just making the fucking <laughs> weirdest sounds time, yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 I messaged them the other day and I was like, I got to send you something because I, I think it's going to fucking blow your mind because we just created this insane guitar tone that seems to chop heads off with this uh, pitch bender. Well, but then Kyle, what are you using? Uh, I got a P bass. I don't really have an amp, so I'm using whoever's yeah. amps around or, or the manly TNT <laughs> or that manly TNT. Yeah, I thought about to say I just plug it direct. I don't even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right to the back just of the direct. PA. <laughs> usually, usually we have an SVT though. Darcy usually hooks us up an SVT yeah, or yeah, a trainer. He did, he did hook that up. But, but the manly for recording, like the manly TNT, we use it on our guitar and bass every time, and our voice every time. Um, it's just such an amazing preamp. And it's it's a two channel preamp, um, but it's it's incredible. Like even when we were out with Garth, um, Dave Shipman, who's an insane engineer, he worked with Rick Rubin for ten years. Did did like System of a Down, Audio Slave, all those 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 records with Rick. And uh, I mentioned the Manly TNT, and he's like, "Did you bring it?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Oh fuck, I used one last week." He's like, "It's the best bass sound I've ever gotten." I was like, oh, I "Really? Know. It's That's incredible. Awesome. It's an incredible preamp." I've never really yeah, checked one out before. Sweet, man. I mean, so, everything Manly makes so is insane. so simple, too. It makes it easy for us. We turn one switch on and go. Yeah. So it's like, that's helpful. And then Kev usually rocks. He's got two DW drum kits that he brings. Um, Nickelback show, he brought his main one. And it was, I, I was like, this is awesome. And I knew Kevin in his head was like, this is awesome. Where Nickelback's drum tech was on stage with us when we were sound checking. All right. And like Kev was just starting to hit the drums and he's like, holy fuck, those sound good. You got a lot of compliments. And, and he was like, get, like getting in, asking him questions. And he's like, I got to go. I got to go hear this through the mains. And the drum tech literally like ran to front of house to hear Kevin's drum kit, which I was like, yeah, bullseye, Kevin. Bullseye. Because uh, they, they did sound incredible. And he, he always has amazing. Yeah, Kevin. His drums always sound awesome. amazing. Um, and I've used, I've used his orange tiny tear from, from here and there live too. But the AC30 is like my mainstay live amp. Um, but I think the TNT is going to be showing up more and more because it's cool to not have amps on stage it's pretty funny, and ears. it sounds amazing. And once we have in-ears, it'll be, it'll be easy just to go everywhere. Cause that was even a bit of a problem at, uh, history for me was just like, if I left my post, um, yeah, like to sound. come to the middle of the stage, it was like, sometimes I was like really reaching to hear the amp. And I was like, yeah, we need the in-ears for this. This is where you find out cause we haven't really played stages that big. And then you find out, oh, this is a whole different thing. It's a whole other right. ball game. Okay. And I was like, oh, no wonder these guys have fucking three mess of boogies, just dime. Yeah. yeah like, you can't hear shit. <laughs> I, I got my AC30 on like two. Because <laughs> even when I walked on, I like strummed it to to just like get a line check. And I was like, I can't hear that. I was like, Phew. and I was like, sorry, Dave, who's doing sound? Because like sound check was all set. But I mean, once you get two thousand bodies in there, it's a whole different ball game again. Yeah. So it's just like you're. You're just flying in the dark out there. It, really. The sound check is like, it seems to be like, uh, just so everyone feels okay about themselves because it, <laughs> it's every, changing every, everything changes as soon as, yeah. Everyone feels okay. It's like, a, it's like a nice warm hug. Yeah. yeah you'll be all right, man. You get yeah. up there and rock. <laughs> like, this has nothing to do with the show. It's going to be way different when you get up here and there's people in the room, but, uh, 
<laughs> now they figured it out. Hey, the sound was great. Um, so so we hear like what we're yeah. hearing up there is completely different. Yeah, the, the stage yeah. sound was tough, but um, we could. I mean, the the monitor. The, of course, you, you can send spend so much time dialing in the monitors, and usually Kyle and I are like, "Fuck it, fuck like, it, we'll just, just fly by the scene. Yeah, we'll figure it here. out. As long as it's not completely fucked, and like I can hear my voice, I can hear Kyle's. Cool. The rest of it, I'll figure out by just like. I'll be pressing the right buttons. I'm pretty Hopefully. sure. Pretty, pretty positive. I think this is the right chord. Yeah, maybe exactly. not. It, it is fucked Fuck up it. when you go to play and you don't hear the feedback that all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh no. Even though you've played the song a hundred times or a thousand times, you, you're you still like, feedback. yeah, you need something to tell you or it starts to get fucking weird. It's like a vacuum out there. So all of a sudden you're in space trying to speak. It's nothing going on. Yeah, I think that's it for live gear. Like again, it's a pretty simple setup. We, uh, we don't use any samples or tracks. We've we tried it rehearsing before, but it's just like it just it takes sucks. away from the performance as a whole. And like to to get technical with a performance is my fucking nightmare. Um, it just makes it rigid immediately. And and then you're just you're also just clamoring, and there's things to think about. Like I don't want to be thinking about anything. I like I know if I if I've got my stuff, the guitar is going to sound good. If Kyle's got his stuff, the bass is going to sound good. If we did our vocal warm-ups, the, vo- the voice will be okay. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, like, it, it's just keeping it there. I don't, or we don't want to, you know, start complicating things. And Kevin plays to a click for the most part, which is great for us to, uh, you know, so we don't just fucking play everything super fast live. We keep it. Because the thing with our music is, like, it, up or down a few BPM and the whole groove just goes away. So we're, we're like, pretty uh, tedious there. But it's, you know... With Kevin on a click, we're still free to do as we please. It's not like, you know, if we're on cues, that starts to get pretty fucking weird where it's like, at this time, you have to be at the bridge or like you need to come out of the bridge. You know, like if we want to go off on a jam, you want to be able to go off on a jam and not like, no, the the uh, computerized backing vocals are going to be coming in. It's going to sound stupid. Yeah. Like that's, I can't imagine that. That would just stress me out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. That. Man. That's and exactly like we, again, back when we were teching shows back in the day, like we, we were at the ACC and the band's laptop died. And the whole and show the just fucking show collapsed. Other than the drummer kept it together. But, you know, and it was one of those things where like, obviously the guys who laptop it was, he was embarrassed. He, he didn't have a show laptop and a personal laptop. So his personal laptop was a show laptop. Oh, no. And, you know, he would leave it in his bunk and then be like, guys, what the fuck? You didn't like my laptop's not charged. It's like, nah, dude, this is you. This is you. You sleep with that thing. I'm not fucking going into your bunk and getting your laptop. Charge it. I didn't have the charger. And it's like, I, I again, that's a little aside, but it was like, I, I don't want to be in that situation, you know? And like, the funny thing was the drummer's like, well, we're musicians. We should fucking figure it out. And I was like, thank God someone's around here playing. Cause like, that's how I feel. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to be on stage with a bunch of shit. That's clearly not happening. Go and listen to the record. And I'm not, I'm not denouncing people who do it. Cause I, I course, understand, yeah. I understand there's there in, in some cases, there'll be something that's such a, a hook or such a big piece of the song that it needs to be in there. But for us, it's just like you're saying, it's like a tedious nightmare. And it's just like, I don't want to be worried about logic fucking up while we're playing a song that we can perfectly well play without some little thing going in the background or something, whatever it we is. We need that fourth vocal. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's well, where's I the female was, vocalist that's not on stage? Yeah, right. We already yeah. have a female vocalist in their band. God, that's I mean, did they hire someone just for that one part in that one song? Oh, yeah, that's yeah behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, they're just chilling. They're just chilling. Well, I think it was, uh, uh, 
it was it I think it was falling in reverse. They were going to play a festival and they couldn't play because their laptop was dead or something. Yeah. Or it fucked up. And it's like, I would be so embarrassed. And I understand their their whole thing was they were they were like, our show is going to suffer so much because of our style and then our music. I'd rather us not even play. And yeah. it's like, man, that sucks. Like I can't imagine yeah. I wouldn't never want to be in that position where it's like I can't do what I do because of technology. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of in that position with doing a yeah, podcast, yeah, I guess. Exactly. But, yeah, but like, I, you know, I'd like call you guys and be like, oh, I'm going to plug this into the board, plug this in here. Like I'd always yeah. figure it out and say, yeah. musician, you can just jam, right? Yeah. yeah. But exactly. that would terrify me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like come hell or high water, like we can play all our songs acoustic. We can play all our songs acapella. Yeah. They, all, sing they all have a fucking intended rhythm. So like you can at least bob your head to it. And, and that, again, that's kind of what the drummer was getting at where it's like, guys like what are we doing here if if more than half of your show is automated then it's like is it is it even a show anymore or are we just like why not just plug in the album on, on your phone bar, and, yeah. and just stand bar. there and point at it yeah. I, I saw i saw it. a thing yeah. with uh a point though that's us that's us that's when we me. actually play yeah. yeah bro that's me right there yeah. <laughs> george strombolopoulos was going on about this where he's like i think bands that are playing with all these tracks should have to disclose it on the ticket because again, there's some people that are doing it really well, but some people are just straight up taking the piss. They're not singing. They're not doing anything. They're just yeah. miming to a track where it's like, again, then are we just in some fucked up karaoke? Like, what's going on here? If it works on TikTok, I yeah, right. Know, I'm, yeah, that, I'm just, I'm just waiting. Joke, I'm, yeah. I'm, I know. I'm waiting. Like, we're we're gonna be told this really soon. I know it. From there's like, hey, you know, TikTok. Like, yeah, you know, at the top of the year, we we posted fucking three TikToks a day for fucking. 60 days it it gets tiresome mm -hmm. and the stuff that gets traction sometimes you're like if this gets too much traction this is what people want from the account and this isn't what we want to do like when the wu-tang thing happened um the radio people we were working with at the time they're like great what's the next cover like all of a sudden we're turning into one of those like kichi cover, cover where you whatever, do a quirky yeah. cover and it's like no 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 like this this shimmy thing was fun because like we got to create something with it. It was unexpected. And, we and it was unexpected. We didn't this. plan the Wu Tang to share it. And it's like again, do we want do we want attention for some quirky thing or do we want to like have a career here where we're continually exploring ourselves and outputting that exploration? It's like that that's mm -hmm. for me what I'm interested in. Where the business would just be like, Well, you know, if it's not selling, it's shit, okay? And it's kind of like let's let's get over these these fucking things like the the commerce has to be there i get it but we again we don't want to just aim for a, a pile of dog shit and it seems like we really want to smell it <laughs> at the end of the day a good song should be a good song yeah like i yeah. It just it's it's literally that simple is it yeah. a good song yes it'll find cool. its way yeah. you know it might take a little longer you might not have overnight success but like yeah exactly people who have talent and are good people which i think that's something a lot of uh people don't like to talk about but it's like if you're a good person <laughs> and you have talent eventually at least i like to think eventually you'll get your your just yeah. dues and you'll get there you, well, know? That's you gotta like put a, the work in too though yeah course. you do that's, it's a feedback system and mm -hmm. it's all it is if you're honestly putting in work just for the work's sake you don't even lusting for results at all it, it, this is to, this is this to occupy time and space which a brain needs to do in this reality and it's like just if you do that if you sort that out then everything else comes in the wake of just that 
but it's we all jump to the complicated stuff first yeah you gotta like, sort this out at the root and it's simple you're trying to figure out what spotify playlist the song you haven't even conceived of yet is going to be on and yeah. it's going to get it it's like we get so Way complicated we get so complicated and it's just from the the programming of uh you know we've all been kind of taught that like unless you're earning you're burning your time you know where it's like the the more you season whatever it is you're doing the better it's going to taste and like again like kyle's saying it, whenever someone's doing something because they want to do it the results are are a wake of that doing not not the intention you're not, you're not intending like like i don't i don't know what to use as an example but like there's a lot of people who become very successful made all the money in the world but their aim was never at the money mm-hmm. their aim was doing what they did with their time to occupy their time and the and money or what the success doing. or whatever it, whatever commercial reward we need to try to scale off of shows up because of the doing like you're saying they were honest in what they were doing and to what you're saying about being good people like you got to connect with others like that's the whole point like and actually connect not fake it like hanging out and say hey how are you to someone is so it's, it's starting to seem to get rare in this yeah planet which is just it's just sad and it's only because people are embarrassed like and they're fearful yeah it's like when you're when you're in the grocery store and you see someone from high school and you both look at each other like are we gonna say hello it's like hello motherfucker like i know you know me and i know i know you say hi hello let's at least have that you know even if it's only a few seconds of an interaction it's like don't die from your own embarrassment like and not Mm -hmm. do anything because you're not because others will you'll be embarrassed by others because you'll embarrass yourself in your own head like i i've i get at my myself i don't get at myself but i note in myself where like I just strangle myself out where I'm not even giving my myself a chance to learn or do like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm actively pursuing that and it still comes up. It's something that you just learn how to manage, but like, I'm still being like at times like, yo, get the fuck out of here to myself. Like where you're like creating this mist and like choking yourself out where it's like, no, no, allow the space and it'll happen. And it's just this, you know, it's like just, old programming from old generations of like what are you doing fuckhead like that kind of shit that all our parents grew up with you know like it's still around in us and it was it's around in them and it's like our job to start to work that out of the system so it doesn't persist it's super important to do that and i think that's uh everyone in obviously in the creative spaces that it's very prominent but even just in everyday life like just yeah yeah, i talk about stuff like that all the time on the show like just if there's things you want to do, don't worry about, you know, there's, there's a something I actually was just a part of that this time last year, if I was asked to do it, I would have been like, Oh, I, 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 could, I could never do that. No, no, I, exactly. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Whereas now I did it and I'm like, Oh, and yes. it's like, people are like, Oh, this is so awesome. I didn't know you had that in you. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like you can't be That's your own exactly worst it. enemy. You yeah. just have That's to, it. Just, hey, shut the fuck up. I'm going to go do that's this. That's it, man. Yeah, it's the resistance. <laughs> exactly. You have to push against the, the resistance. The resistance will always be there. And that's the thing when people with going on with like depression, anxiety, all this stuff is depression, anxiety, and all these things, they're never going away. What's mm-hmm. going to change is your ability to manage them. You don't want a life without anxiety. If you're out in the woods and a fucking tiger shows up and you go, huh? That's a problem. <laughs> that's a fucking problem. It's And like, that's the whole thing where people are like, I have anxiety. It's like, that means you're alive. We all feel it. It's just, you have to improve the management system just like people improve their physical body or whatever it is, you know, like anything we're, we're such an external like species over here where the whole game's internal and you can, you can 
grow huge muscles in your mind so you know how to actually manage these things that are going to come up that come up for everybody. They're not specific. And uh, like you're saying, where like a year ago, you know, it's, it's when you become the thing, it's like you're already it. So now the, the opportunity that comes isn't something you're dreaming for. It's something that you're like, this makes sense. You know, like people are like, are you freaking out about the Nickelback show? And I'm not like, not that, no, it was, it was exciting, but it was like, it made sense that we were at the point to do something. We were like prepared that. for it. We, it was exactly, it wasn't like, it wasn't like we showed up and we're like, oh, it was, it just made sense that that was the next step and what needed to happen with our career and what had been going with us. Just like you're saying with you or like a year ago, <laughs> same thing. We'd be like, what the fuck? We would have been like shitting our pants. No way. But it's like, you just show up and, and as you become yeah. better than your fear, bigger than your fear. That's it. That's and all. The, yeah. yeah. And the, the horizon expands and then you go to the next step and then you push that horizon. And it just keeps happening. And it's almost still like, Hey, let's see if we can really do this. Let's see if we're as, as good as we think we are. And that there all these go. people think we are, yeah. let's prove this ourselves and these people, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, Oh yeah, of, of course. Like just another yeah, day in the man. office. It's, yeah, it's just, once you get to that point, that's a, that's a beautiful place to be in for Absolutely. sure. Doesn't mean you don't get nervous. No, it goes through the whole thing, man. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's like the that management thing. It's but like you're not letting you, it defeat you. Exactly. And like that, even you just like think about like again, I I have a knack of always tying around what we're doing right now with everything. It's like us and you sitting here together right now, we already triumphed over the head trying to get in our way to say yes and do this. And like those those are like those are micro battles, but like when when folks start to get really trapped in by words because that's all it is, is is a looping that starts to push you down, 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 down. And so you can't move. It's like like these micro transactions, these micro yeses are the way out of that fucking maze and just showing up. And like a thing that like Kyle and I have found time and time again is that if you show up now, the future shows up for you every time. You can't, if you're taking care of your shit right now, the future's not going to fall apart. It, do, it just doesn't happen that way. There's going to be things that happen, like things out of your control. But like, again, if you're attending to the moment, the future will attend to you. If you're not, then you're going to have, you're going to have you're some issues gonna relive and the past. You're, you're going to keep reliving the past, which is like kind of what you could call karma. Karma is like when you keep getting the same result because you keep living the same pattern. And so it keeps delivering it back to you and shoving it down your throat. And you go, what the fuck is going on? Why does this keep happening? And you don't discern that pattern because you're, you're literally, it's like we were talking about with the, the old programming. It's like you could be living a program that your great, great grandfather had in him. And it was because he had to deal with whatever it was. And now you keep living that out in some subway that you're not even conscious of. And it keeps providing these same results. And until you break that pattern, can you start to tend to the moment and start to bring in the harvest you want? Where it's kind of like, I don't want to keep harvesting this shitty wheat i just want to grow weed i was like no you gotta you gotta harvest that wheat until it's all gone buddy <laughs> no <laughs> i don't wheat want any diet. more wheat you just keep eating wheaties <laughs> <laughs> just keep eating wheaties. i just want you've, some weed to smoke yeah. <laughs> you've, you've got to plant the seeds today for what you want to harvest tomorrow yeah exactly instead of recropping the old ones yeah, at, yeah. over and over again that it's, we know and love and that's why it's we a keep loop it. it's a tape loop and nothing more, so you can walk away from it too. That's the other thing. It's not a big, big deal. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's that's fantastic, boys. It's been great getting to chat with you. And this has Hell been yeah, a, a really fun conversation. I yeah, appreciate you guys being so candid. And 
uh, a kind of a staple question I always end off episodes with here. This, this can go one of two ways here. So it's up to you guys <laughs> yes, how you want right. this to go. Beautiful. What is the best or the worst show story that you each have? Hmm. Best show you've <laughs> ever had, worst show you've ever had, funny moment that happened. There's a there's like a pretty funny one that happened like in a two day span. Um, I, I'm not sure if Kyle will have a different story, but it was like the top of 2020. So we had been out for less than a year. We were playing the Drake Underground, sold out, completely rammed. After that, met with the management company in LA, signed with Mark Pollock as our manager. So we were like, okay, sweet. At the time, you know, the beaches hooked us up with him and all this stuff, and it was just like fucking right this is amazing and he's like it was kind of like okay we're going to another level here the next day we played at a thai restaurant in a mall in guelph <laughs> and and like yo that's the, metal i, like I know it. It and, was. there's and, three really drunk people in there that like that's where they go for beers you know what i mean the and then there's like the there's like a, a, the worst mixer you've ever seen like the, our rehearsal space has a way better pa system and some drunk guy doing sound who got paid more than all the bands and was like and was like hey boys can you hurry this up i really want to go drink beers and like wow. we're the we brought out we brought out like a few people who were like super fans have been to a bunch of shows and like they were like oh fuck boys i guess it's over for you now <laughs> yeah, just so joking funny. but like just and, just like, a just the dive yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kept diving man every and, step and another another guy was like man it was painful to see like a real band like you guys were fucking melting it in a fucking Thai restaurant to, to just like a bunch of clueless people. And I was like, yeah, it didn't feel too good. This is, but part, then, this is part of the rock and roll. It, yeah. And it if was like, ben, it, there was a point where Ben threatened to beat up the audience at two. Like it got to a point of not good. Like I didn't, you want to wrestle? I didn't threaten you the audience. Wrestle? I said, I said, it's more livelier at my grandma's. We could just start a Royal rumble if we need some excitement. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> And, and, well, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, was, well, macho uh, man, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, trying it, to throw some life in there. It wasn't uh, happening, though. But it was a perfect, like, and it, it always happens like this with music. Like, you know, you, you play a fucking ringer, and then the next day you're in the shitter again. And that's fine. It's part of it. It was just, that one was like a classic, like, again, rammed house. Contrast. People are fucking losing their minds. Bunch of, bunch of big bands and labels at the show. And, and then, like, our, you know, signing with with big management company in L.A. It was just like, yeah. And then it was like, Kerplong. and the Thai restaurant for $50. It was a huge snowstorm to get there. Like, it was a pain in the ass to get there. Like, there were, it was just a whole conquest. And, like, the other bands, like, oh, my God. Uh, it's just some of the sounds coming off the drum kit. And it was it was just, like, it was just amateur hour. Yeah. Um, and and then again, even some of the bands being like, "Why are you guys playing here?" I was like, "This is how it is sometimes." <laughs> you know what's bad when the bands are like, "Bro, you do not belong here." Like, yeah, this yeah. Is. <laughs> and then like, like the promoter, <laughs> the promoter's losing it. Having he's like, "This is a great night." I'm like, "What are you talking about, man? Like this is this was that's almost this, sad." Yeah, uh, it's like there's four you know? people here, and yeah. like uh, it's the best I, night we've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and you're, shit. Like, you're like, I'm I'm fucking on the verge of tears here. <laughs> But yeah, you know, that was a pretty rough. That one. was a funny one. And I mean, there's been the contrast. There's been another contrast like that. We did in the summer. We did L.A. and it was just like we did the whole trip, and it was like awesome to go out there and hang out. And Ram show in L.A. too, which was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Just everything was going smooth, and then like the next what was it a week? From it was then? like four days four later. Days later after we, we landed in North Bay, in this like brewery slash used to be a car dealer, and like 
I got a broomstick taped for the mic stand and like we're, there's no sound guy we're like two of us are going or playing and one of us is going yeah it sounds kind of good and then switching it out and it was so odd because like the guarantee was good like we got a bunch of money and You're right like, okay so like obviously they they know how to put on some shows and like showed up like kyle was saying there's one mic stand there's like it's like a hand-built stage that with room for two and then oh, like no. the mixer's like covered in dust and it's two channels and there's one mic cable. And I was like, Hey, uh, any other mic stands? He's like, I don't think so. Comes out with like the one little- of the little podcast mic stands. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So, but care. it's just like funny things like that where we're like, get trolled. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Dude, that's it. That's yeah, what he that's had. Exactly. A little tabletop had, mic stand yeah. I just happened to have. <laughs> I was like, that's, so am I going to sit at the table and sing buddy or what here? And that, that's why I, I go, I, I'm assuming it's or it's safe to assume we're not getting a sound guy. And he's like, a what? And I was like, thank you. Yeah. What's a sound guy? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is that a guy who listens to the sound, bro? Because like, But I'm, so I'm odd that, that I was like, I, I it, it was odd. It was odd that they would be paying the kind of money they paid. And then like, you know, like I would have been like, you know, take that money and invest it in the PA. And then mm-hmm. then we'll come play in six months when you recoup it. Like, because it was it was fucked because you're, you're you're literally sitting there being like, we could have just brought our gear and put on a way better show. And that would have been annoying, but had they told us, it would have been less annoying than showing up and being like, oh, because I, I, yeah, I had to, I had to check my disappointment immediately. I just like, okay, Ben, this is how it's going. Don't fight it. Cause don't nosedive harder than it already is going. All right. Just no Royal Royal Rumble. Just accept it is right, man. That's it. Don't jump off the top rope, brother. Just keep it. Yeah. (laughs) And it it was, it was fine. It was fine. But it was just, again, one of those moments of like, you gotta be fucking kidding. We, we actually usually have a hedge against stuff like this. And this is how we practice it. Once in a while, when we're at a restaurant, we'll look at the menu and we'll look for the biggest piece of shit on that menu that you would hate and we'll order it and eat that shit, man. Yeah. It sucks. I don't like doing it, but every every so often. Disappointed, aren't you? Just to practice the disappointment button, yeah. you know? And sometimes you really don't want to see what that worst item is oh, on the menu. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, can you give me what's the worst thing on your menu? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Make it worse. And then, the funny- and, then, and then the thing is they bring you a cheeseburger and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you're concerned. Yeah. Now you're really concerned. What's yeah. in this thing? The, the funny thing, too, is like the other the other, the other side of this, though, is sometimes you order something that you think is going to suck and it's amazing. Yeah, and, uh, it, rare, but sometimes. But sometimes. You break through like, to like a new palette. You're like, well, you're like, I didn't wow, think I, I trolled like myself into really enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, you go to a place you think is going to suck. Right. I had yeah. that pretty recently. I What'd you like, hit? Uh, it's just a place in, t- in town here where I live in Peterborough. Um, yeah. I don't want to share the name of the place because I, I thought they were going to suck. <laughs> I went there and I was like, this breakfast fucking slaps. All right. Like, yeah, fucking, right? yo, this is great. That's fucking wicked. Right, I so. like, I really like taste of India in uh, Peterborough. Nice. Yeah. That's a good place. It's one of the that's only the hottest places, meal I've ever had. One of the only one places I've ever tapped out. And I think it was cause I was the late night asshole and I ordered the chicken vindaloo. Yeah. And I was like, you said non white boy. And I was like, yeah, I was like, boy, hit please. me with it. And oh my God. And like, Got hit. You know, we've gone, we've done the one chip challenge. We've done the hot ones lineup, all that. Like we, we fuck with the spicy stuff, but this was like, I, I had to throw in the towel. Weeks in repair. Yeah, and it system. fucked the stomach up for a while. It wasn't a good choice at the time. 
And but it's kind of funny that I'm saying this, but the restaurant's amazing. Like all the food's amazing. That was my fault. Yeah. yeah, don't <laughs> don't ask them to really hit you with it because uh, they will. Because you'll be they will, and you'll be ill for weeks after. They, they will, will, and you'll, you'll be, be ill. ill. <laughs> they will, and it. you'll be ill. There you go. <laughs> R.I.P. to Hot Belly Mamas too. Yeah, yeah, that was a good joint. I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to eat there, man. We moved I here in 2019, and right, right, like late 2019, and yeah, fuck that. It, it was a good place. Uh, bums me out. There'll be more. Yeah, there yeah. will be. Oh, yeah, more. there's a lot of great places here in town, so that's uh, keeps me nice and fat. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Winter's man, coming, man. It's good. Warm. It, yeah. Georgetown, where we are, there's no good food around, so just yeah. appreciate uh, it. The Pita Pit's, Pita the, Pit's best the best restaurant. joint in town. Shouts to Pita Pit. Always so, yeah. solid. Always yeah, solid. <laughs> solid, man. But, but not exactly. what you want as the, the best restaurant in your yeah. town. If Yeah, that's like saying, oh, oh yeah, we got a McDonald's, man. I mean, yeah. it's all right. Exactly. We go, every time we're like, we'll be like, fuck it, we're going to order in tonight. You go and skip the dishes and you're like, I'll just fucking make dinner. <laughs> that was disappointing. Katie will be better than this stuff. Yeah. Katie and some hot dogs, you know, <laughs> a little hot sauce maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right, boys. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to chat with you. Thank you so much Likewise, for the time. TJ. Thanks, TJ, I'll have man. some links down below for Mountainhead folks. Go check them out. New single automatics. Fucking badass. Thanks a lot, fucking boys. Right, Thanks, dude. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, folks. There you have it. My chat with Ben and Kyle from Mountainhead. What a just roller coaster of an awesome episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I have some links down below for Mountainhead. Go check them out. They are just awesome, really unique groovy rock band with some fun kind of indie pop uh electro pop elements thrown in so definitely go ahead and check them out i want to thank you for listening to this episode of the hard show if you are a new listener maybe be uh be sure to hit that subscribe button leave a like let me know what you thought of the episode let me know your favorite mountainhead song things of that nature i always enjoy getting to chat with you guys you can follow the hard show on social media we have facebook and instagram if you'd like to be on the show or you have a question, you can contact me on social media or directly at thehardershow at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show a little further, consider checking out the Harder Show Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Harder Show, where for as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show. We have a goal right now for $100 USD a month. I am currently at $91. We are so darn close. And once I hit that goal, I'm going to have some cool things happening. But if you join at the next up tier from that, which is the $5 a month tier, I have the $1, $5, $10, $5 a month tier will get access to my exclusive 
horror narration podcast that I do over on the Hotter Show Patreon. The tapes of trepidation. It is so much fun. I got a lot of Christmas content coming up for that. I read creepy pastas and urban legend type stuff and things of that nature. And I love doing it so much. So if you would like to support the Hotter Show on Patreon, check it out. On top of all that, you will also get shout outs on every single episode of the Hotter Show, no matter what I'm doing, just like my fine patrons, my hotheads. We have the OG hothead, Scott Duquette. We have Ronan Kumori of Baseline Feed. Tanner Wood of Baseline Feed. Phenomenal podcast. Go check out Baseline Feed. We have Eric Phones, who actually has made a couple appearances on Tapes of Trepidation, a phenomenal voice actor. Arthur Unk, who is a uh, badass writer. Mike Quintero of Shudder Radio. Go check out that podcast. It is awesome. Formerly of Mike's Mystery Mansion. We have CM Peters, a phenomenal author and also of the Baseline Feed podcast. We have my man, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. My graphics guy does all my stuff. The man. Go check him out. JaybirdDigitalArts.com if you are in need of any kind of graphic design work. Kelly Sisson, who is phenomenal. Thank you so much for all the support, Kelly. I appreciate it. We have, of course, uh, Terry and Janet Hodder. Huh. Same last name as me. That's weird. Shouts to them. LOL. We have Mr. Brandon Bowden of Bowden Voice. And, of course, last but not least, we have Neil Skrupa, who is the newest patron. And I just need to say I appreciate all you guys so very much. The patrons have made this year one of the best years in my life for the podcast. And I just cannot thank them enough. We also have a Discord and if you join the Hotter Show Discord, you'll get access to exclusive content there as well. And if you are a patron at the $1 We're Above tiers and you join the Discord, you'll get access to even more exclusive conversations and content. So something to think about. You don't have to join the Patreon. Just a like and a subscribe helps the show so much. Ratings help the show so much. Or join the Discord and come have some fun. Thank you so very much again for listening. I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your week, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.